With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe-Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lock-away channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pampers Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. Kate Del Castillo has built and rebuilt her life over and over as a successful actress making the crossover from Mexico to the United States, as a woman who chose to leave an abusive marriage, and then again most recently following the very public fallout of her meeting with former cartel leader Javier Guzman El Chapo. Part of that rebuilding includes Kate's return to Telemundo's La Reina del Sur, where she plays her favorite anti-hero, Teresa Mendoza. More than 10 years have passed since the show's original release, and we talk about the lessons Kate has learned in that time, her other projects, including her production company, Chola Wood, and her new peacock dark comedy, Armas de Mujer, about four women who band together after the police arrest their husbands for being tied to the same criminal organization. And of course, her raw insights on messing up, living with the consequences, and how she learned to trust her gut. Kate, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you, Alicia, for having me. I was thinking and preparing for this interview with you of the interview I did for Latina to Latina with Eva Longoria. And Eva talks a lot about the fact, I know you're friends. Yes. She talks a lot about the fact that she became famous at 30 years old. And that meant she was a fully formed adult when she became famous. And that really gave her a ton of perspective. So to think of you at 19 becoming this huge celebrity, were you ready for it? I don't think anybody can be ready for fame. I knew about it because of my dad, so it was nothing new for me. And I think, thank God, that's why I keep my feet on the ground because my I've known this for for all my life. That's all we lived out of, you know, out of acting. And I think that's also why I respect and I admire everybody who's in the industry because it's so hard. But it's, that's all I know. So I've been pretty famous or living with fame my entire life. 
I think one of the reasons that we all find Teresa so fascinating, I think especially those of us who are Latina, is that she is operating in a man's world. Absolutely. And she is operating in a world where at a certain point she is not taken seriously, where she is diminished, where she needs to prove and then prove herself again. And it's sort of like no matter where you work or what you do, we have all, I think, had that experience. Um, and I wonder for you in your own life, when you have run up against that type of misogyny or expectation that you are not as competent as you are? Oh, my God. Yes. Well, I think to be honest and sadly, unfortunately, I don't know a woman that hasn't been abused in one or another way, which is really sad. So, yes, I've been abused in many ways in my in my life. I still feel like I'm a struggling actor still in America, you know, which is crazy. But I still struggle with stereotypes in America, I still struggle with being a Latina and wanting them me to wear tight dresses and sexualize me. I think there's a lot uh, in the same industry to learn about us. That is kind of, you know, sometimes we're in 2022 and this is getting there maybe, but in a very slow, slow, slow way. <laughs> there's Kito Casillo actor. There's also Ketel Castillo, businesswoman. And I, I want you to take us back. If, if there was a moment or a series of moments where you said, it's not enough for me to act. I need to begin to own these stories. I need to be able to produce these stories. And the genesis of Chola Wood. Yes, of course. Well, it's because of that. We have to change the narrative. And only the people who are in these key positions can do that. And for me, is producing. So if I'm going to produce, I'm going to produce something that I think it's not stereotyped. It's uh, great for not only Latinos to see, because I don't want to label us. That's labeling myself. I want to do mainstream. And as an actress, I can't still wait sitting down with my arms crossed to have these amazing roles to come to me. I have to do something. So that's why I created Chola Wood Productions with my two other friends. Also, it was out of a moment in my life where I had uh, no jobs. The contracts I had because of the whole chapel thing, they took them. So I found myself with a lot of bills, <laughs> with a house and with everything that I couldn't pay for. So we started Chola Wood and we trying to help each other, the three of us, women, Latinas, smart, powerful in so many ways. We said, this cannot happen to us. You know, we have so much, we're smart. We have all the, the know-how. We are creative women. So let's do something. And that's why we created Chola Wood. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads, what did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. 
There's also the blow-up barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blow-ups. Pamper Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size 8, and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important, and it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer. M&M's for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. You just said 10 different things that I have questions about. So I'm going to start with this, which is what are the roles that you wish you were offered or you wish you were considered for that you're not? Well, something that is not only for Latina. You know, I can play whatever. Why label people from where they come from? You know, unless it was an amazing, I could be, you know, a heroine, a Latina heroine in a Marvel movie for, I'm just thinking out loud, you know, something like that. And it's hard to find something like, it was hard for me to find something like La Reina del Sur, you know, like Teresa Mendoza, this amazing character of this woman living in a man's world and, and having to think and strategize and without sexualizing her. So it's a lot of things. And on the other hand, I need to work because I still have the house and I still have the bills. But now I'm in a different position, thank God, where I can be a little bit more picky about what I do and what what I accept. And also I'm producing now. So that's really great because I'm not only producing for me to lead on everything that I produce. So I think it's really cool. And also I think that those mixes, um, the intertwining between actresses that they do a lot in America, you know, like Reese Witherspoon with Nicole Kidman, with Jennifer Aniston and all these amazing women that they come together. And I say, yes, I, that's what I want to do with amazing American and Latino and whatever woman, you know, just producing amazing shows. You referenced the quote El Chapo thing, and I know that you were done talking about it. You were over talking about it. No, that's fine. The things that stick out to me most about what you've said about it is one, that you don't regret it, which I wonder if you still feel that way. And two, that you feel as though you were naive at the time. And I think when when we haven't, sorry, you want to jump in? No, that's fine. No, it's just, I think those of us who have an experience of feeling like we have been naive, there can be a whiplash to becoming very hard, very hardened so that we are not naive, that we don't feel we are taken advantage of again. So I wonder how you both wise up while keeping yourself soft. 
Oh my God, that's a great question. And for sure, I felt, and I was, I didn't felt, I was naive in so many ways. And now I say to myself, no, I was really stupid, not seeing what was coming, but it was impossible. And for some reason, also, by the way, for your first question, I do not regret at all. What I regret is that I didn't see, but there's some things, you know, when you make a decision on your own, you have to step up to that decision that you made. But when there's things that are not in your hands and it's not your decision to make, then it's impossible. So there are things that I wouldn't have done like that, but there was no option for me. But I did take the decision to go and see this person, for example. And I know that's something I'm going to live with for my entire life and they're gonna, always going to be referring to me. Well, And that's fine because that was a decision I made. You know, and I'm an adult and I know what I'm doing. Everything that came after that and all this thing that I know that if I was a man, this would have never happened. Then that's beyond my capability as a woman to do anything about it until somebody comes in and says something. But there was nobody there. And and still the Mexican government hates me. <laughs> so th- th- there's that. I mean, and it's unfortunate and it was unfortunate, but I learned so much. Tell me what you learned. What is the lesson here? Oh, um, trust yourself, you know, and I had this instinct and I had something in my gut told me that I shouldn't have trusted either Champagne or Jose or El Otro. I don't even remember the name, Jose Ibanez, yeah. And so I, there was something about the whole thing that I, that, that I don't know, I just, and I remember it and still my body can feel that rejection in some way, you know what I mean? And it's, I was like so adamant about trusting them because they were, you know, this big Hollywood people and I never thought that they were going to betray me in the way they did. So I should have listened to myself much more. And that's one thing. And the other thing is that we are alone in this world. You know, we are alone and we cannot make it through by ourselves in so many ways. And we need to seek out for help when we need it. It's the same thing happened when I was married to my first husband and all this domestic violence went on. And you're, you think you're in a, in a tunnel with no light at the end of the tunnel because you don't see you. You're not able to see the light, but it's always there. It's always there. It's just you're so into the thing that you think there's no other option but to either to kill him or to die yourself, you know, because there's no other way out. That's how bad it is when you're in a situation like that. And, and there's nothing wrong, by the way, by asking for help. And I thought that I could do it by myself and I couldn't. How did you find the light? I found the light when I saw myself one day in the mirror. I saw myself ugly like you have not, like I didn't rec- recognize myself in the mirror. I saw myself not only ugly, but much older, so unhappy and so not me, not being me at all, being different with people, with my parents, with my friends, with myself, just lying to myself and trying to justify this A-S-S-H-O-L-E. <laughs> No, because it's like, no, 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 he's okay. Probably he is an alcoholic or probably he is just this and that. No, he's a, you know, that's what he is. That's the real, you know, but I promised myself never to see myself in the mirror and see that woman there because that was not me. I didn't recognize me. That was the day that I left. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. 
And if you're in the LA area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. It's interesting because in one hand, this is only the third season of Reina. Yeah. But a lot of years have passed between the first season. Oh, yeah, and, 12. And the, yeah. And I wonder sort of what you bring to this role now that you didn't or weren't able to bring 12 years ago. It's funny because when they, uh, when I found myself with the role of my life that I so much wanted and I said, oh my God, I finally got to be Teresa Mendoza. I was like, okay, I don't want, I didn't prepare that much because I didn't want, I prepared in so many other ways, but I didn't prepare that much because I wanted to find myself as naive as as she was in that moment. And I want everything to be a surprise for me as an actress as well as for her, this whole thing that happens to her. So we were like just walking and then running hand to hand. And then she starts, you know, doing all these things and she starts being uh, mature in so many ways and, and not in the best ways, you know, life just gives you that sometimes and you have to mature much earlier than you should. But that's what happened to me. That's what happens to uh, most of the women that I know, unfortunately. So now in the second season where she said the first season, she finishes pregnant and say, I'm going to have this baby. Why? Because I want to feel fear again. I want to know what that is because I became this insensible woman, hard, and she wasn't like that. Something happened to her to be this way and this cold and this harsh. So in the second season, oh my gosh, she finds fear right in front of her because they kidnap her daughter. And then on this uh, third season, now she is a teenager. She is a grown up. She knows how to take care of herself. So now is the time for Teresa Mendoza to come and seek justice. You were on the Today Show earlier, and you're talking about hosting the Latin billboards and riding around on motorcycles and how, like, ah, that's a thing of the past because you've gotten too old, which <laughs> I, I I had heard Ada Limon, our first Latina U.S. Poet Laureate, reference uh, getting old, that means you're living. Absolutely. Right? That they're, they're one in the same. Absolutely. And and the older, the better, to be honest. At least for me, I'm going to turn 50 and I feel the best ever in so many ways, not only, you know, physically and mentally, spiritually and confident with who I am and what I want and what I, and what I don't, especially in what I don't want. What is that? What do you not want? Well, I don't want to be stereotyped. I don't want anybody to boss me around anymore. I don't want to be abused in any sense anymore. <laughs> I don't want to have to need to be with someone. I don't want to need. I just want to want. One of the reasons I was so interested in talking with you, Kate, is that to me, you're a person who has built and rebuilt a life and a career multiple times. And I think that we have a lot of listeners who are either in the midst of that building and rebuilding. Maybe it's their first round of it 
maybe it is their second and it, it may not be what it looked like for you. It may not be coming out of an abusive marriage. It may not be coming out of a public international scandal and rebuilding your career. Um, but I think it's actually, a, it's the experience of getting close to 40, of getting close to 50, of deciding what 2.0 and 3.0 looks like. What is your best advice to someone who is in the thick of the rebuilding? Trust yourself in every single second and moment. Trust your gut. That's all we have, right? That's all we have. And be aware of listening to other people and making decisions for other people because then you can't defend yourself if it comes the case, you know, if you take your own decisions, then you can step up for yourself because then you, you have the truth, even though if you are mistaken, but you have the truth. For me, that that was the main thing. Also being an immigrant, I think that changes a lot, you know, because I left my, I had to rebuild my career again then because I had a career in Mexico and Latin America, and then I had to start from scratch. Most of the people leave when they have nothing to lose. And in my case was exactly the opposite. I had everything to lose when I came to the United States. And it was another time they wouldn't listen to an accent like mine. The industry was, you know, much picky about listening to different accents. So it was really hard, but it's been a trip. And I trusted my God and I knew that I could do it. And I just didn't want to be back doing telenovelas. And not that there's anything wrong with telenovelas. I learned so much and they are all over. Mexican telenovelas go through the entire world. It's not about that. It was I was just getting bored and I knew I could do something more. And uh, I knew everything I had to know of portraying or being the leading lady. So it was really boring. So the change was huge, leaving my entire family and my friends and everything and with an, in another language. And, you know, the switch is different. And now for me, you know, what's the most amazing thing is that with La Reina del Sur, for example, I think that's a real crossover. When you are number one in ratings, you know, winning ABC, CBS, all the American networks in that time slot, regardless of language, you know? So in my own language, I think that is a real crossover. That's at least what gives me hope in so many ways. And doing a show in Off-Broadway about Las Muertas de Juarez, talking about my country in English in a solo show, you know, in, in, in a completely American theater. So those for me are the real crossovers. And, and I feel very proud of it, but it's just a lot of work. Kate DeGlasio, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you, Alicia. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua and me, Alicia Menendez. Paulina Velasco is our producer. Florence Burrow Adams mixed this episode. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram or tweet us at latinatolatina. Check out our merchandise at latinatolatina.com slash shop. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, or wherever you're listening right now. A 
little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author, Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.